Hey, uh, welcome to the world, the greatest escape. I'm CJ Peterson, and my co-host over here is author Michael Scott Clifton. Today we have George Dismukes, and we're going to be talking. He's an author, he's a producer and director. He doesn't do the producing and directing anymore, but we still will touch on that. Um, in the meantime, Mike, how was your week, and what do you have going on? Well, we've had a pretty good week so far. Uh, one of my hobbies is to garden. I like to grow garden, uh, vegetable garden. And so finally able to get out and uh, break up part of the gardens to do some work outside, which is, uh, you know, pretty therapeutic for me anyway, instead, instead of being in the house. And uh, also uh, I have a, I'm be speaking to the Lions Club uh, on Let's see, Thursday, March the 16th, and be talking about uh, books, among other things. I'm very excited tonight. I've got actually, you know, uh, Book World, and tonight I will be on the Carter Novels with uh, Rob and Joan Carter on Meet the Author. It starts at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time, 7 o'clock Eastern Mm -hmm. Standard Time. And uh, Rob and Joan, there they are. Hi. And I'm very excited about that. Very appreciative also about giving this opportunity. And uh, next week I'll be at the Boys State Basketball Tournament in Texas. I was, I'm a former basketball coach, among other things, in my former life. And I've been going since 1989. The only year I never attended or did not attend was the COVID year of 2020. Wow. So it's kind of a yearly thing uh, that I go to. And uh, also, I'll have a few events in in April, Dalton Days in Longview and the Longview Art Walk, which Dalton Days is Saturday, April the 1st. Longview Art Walk is Thursday the 6th in downtown Longview from 5 to 8. We do that uh, pretty much every year. They have it quarterly. It's a great event for artists and for authors. Mm-hmm. And, uh, don't have to drive a thousand miles away to be able to participate in it. So Very anyway, it's been a great week. How about you, CJ? Well, I have Comic Conroe coming, not this weekend, but next weekend. So it's the 10th, 11th, and 12th. And so super excited about that. It's my favorite fandom, Stranger Things. I may or may not have had an influence on the theme for this year. (laughs) More than likely may. Um, I have two cosplays ready to go. I have um, Punk 11 from Stranger Things. And then I have my Stranger Things t-shirt and a rolled full of 10s being 11. And then on Sunday... My partner from Magic Making Mischief podcast and I are going to be Wednesday, Wednesday Adams. So we're super excited. Um, and then in April, we have the Chautauqua Festival, mid-April. Are you going to be there for that? Don't think so this year, um, okay. but I haven't made up my that's, mind yet. That's always a fun thing, um, especially if you get some wind gusts. Watching things fly through the air is always a treat. Uh, but they always have some very fun guests that come on there's dancers there were um armored combat type people there were cloggers there were singers there was all sorts of entertainment that goes along with it tons of artists and authors are there so it's at the longview public library and that's gonna be mid april oh i do have one more thing that is very important or my wife melanie will kill me our grandson's birthday is march the 8th Yay! Three years old, and because I'm going to the state basketball tournament, we are celebrating his two-year-old, two-year birthday uh, this Saturday. So Jace will be two uh, March the eighth, but we're going to celebrate 
his birthday, March the 4th, this Saturday. So we're looking forward to that. Very cool. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing your interview tonight with Robin Joan tonight on Meet the Author podcast. I was on a, a couple months ago. Very, very nice people. Very excited. Okay. Um, but that's how we got connected to our guest today, Mr. George. George is okay. Welcome so much. Thank you for coming on. Um, tell us just a little bit about you, what you've done, that sort of thing, so people have an understanding of who you are and what you do. Okay. I started writing in 1963, but it wasn't books, uh, although I did write one book back around 65. My, uh, my entrance into the writing world was in the movie business. I, I was a script doctor, and what a script doctor is is if a scene doesn't play right, then you gut it and rewrite it so that the scene will project and propel into the next scene. Oh, that's cool. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun because I met a lot of nice people, got to travel, and, and then I wound up in L.A. and, and learned how to hate L.A. <laughs> <laughs> that's easy to do. I've been there. That, yeah. That's stressful. Basically hate California in general. Uh, but I, I didn't really. I, I wrote one book back around '65, which was called "Love Lies Weedy," because I had been a bullfighter when I was a kid. Uh, but I got how do I say this politely? I got shafted on the book oh. by Doubleday, uh, and uh, it it broke my heart so bad that I didn't try to write books anymore for a long time, and. Then my wife is a is sort of a magic person because she can inspire you without ever ever trying to or ever saying a word. And I had all these books inside of me, and, and just just by her presence, I started feeling inspired. I started started with two pages of the Jaguar. I lived in Honduras, loved it. Uh, two pages. Yep. Two Paces of the Jaguar is about a, a a guy, a woman, and a black jaguar, and an ancient Maya legend. And Brandon Shaw, who is the protagonist, is somehow connected to the ancient Maya legend through the jaguar. And then I thought it was going to just be one book, but at the end of it, it didn't feel like it. So, and not only that, uh, I just, I, it just wasn't finished. And so I wrote The Lost City. And that one, yeah, that one went well, but it was time for, for the story to take a turn. And it still wasn't finished. There was something I wanted to do with it that was completely different. And so then I wrote The Jaguar's Quest. And it is sort of a surprise. I'm also a scuba diver. I spent a lot of time in Central America and various reefs, including the Great Blue Hole, which is off the coast of Belize. And uh, I went down to those grottos, which are 150 feet below the surface. And they just scared the hell out of me. But <laughs> I decided to use it. I mean, you've got these, these mineral formations because it used to be above water a few million years ago. And you got these giant formations. And of course, at that depth, Martini's Law is working on you. 
your imagination is going nuts, and they begin to look like teeth in a giant maw. And so I, I said, I've got to write about this. So I also love mythology, so I mixed the two together and wrote Siren Song. And Siren Song began to develop into a movie. People started showing interest in it. Nice. And then we, the, the, but one of the, the requirements was that we had a distributor. So I contacted uh, Lionsgate, and Lionsgate said, yeah, we like the story. In fact, it could possibly be the next Jaws, but we're not going to do anything unless you have a sequel. I had no sequel that was planned for it. So I wrote Siren Song 2. And Siren Song 2 led to Siren Song, the, the Siren Hunter, because just like in the Jaguar series, it wasn't finished. It didn't need to take a turn. And so basically I have two sets of trilogies. Mm -hmm. um, Lyra wants to know, is there anything you haven't done? I'm sorry? I said, Lyra wants to know, is there anything you haven't done? <laughs> oh, well, I'm 80 years old, so, you know, I've kind of been around the block. <laughs> I fought bulls whenever I was a kid for a few years, and then all of a sudden, I couldn't do that anymore because my philosophy changed. And today I'm a very strong animal advocate. And uh, as a matter of fact, I've invested quite a bit of money in laws that would prevent animal cruelty. Mm -hmm. And and that plans for, to continue to do so the rest of my life. Uh, I wrote in the movies, lived in Central America, that was, I think, probably the happiest time in my life in the jungle because it felt like I had come home. Everything there made sense to me. The city, not so much. But, but everything is so logical mm -hmm. in the jungle. So, so George, since you've, yeah. you, you've, uh, you've done script doctoring and you've been involved in the movies, have you ever had the itch to do screenwriting? I've done screenwriting. As a matter of fact, I wrote the, the screenplay for Siren Song. <clears throat> yeah, it's a it's in one way it's easy to do because most screenplays, not all of them, are taken from books. Now, those that aren't, uh, I, I'm always suspicious unless it's a very seasoned writer. I was in a movie one time that was not a not a book. The, the guy that wrote the screenplay just wrote the screenplay. Mm -hmm. And it, it dropped dead. It never made a cent because of the story. Right. You know, in real estate, they say the three secrets are location, location, location. In the movie business, the three secrets are script, script, and script. And if you ain't got a strong script, you better stay home. Uh, uh, I'm Book source says, hey, didn't you write for Gunsmoke? Yeah, I wrote for Gunsmoke. I, I wrote Ken Curtis' line. We had, we had one writer for each character because we were producing so much product that the producers were afraid that they had one writer for more than one character. Those two characters would begin to suffer what they call pollution. They didn't want any, to take chance on any two characters sounding alike. So to keep that personality separated, there was one for Amanda Blake and one for Ken and, and so on down the line. That sounds cool. 
I would like to. I would like to have been a writer for, for Burt Reynolds, but I wouldn't. <laughs> Mobby wants to know: Is the screenplay you wrote for Siren Song is that ready to be set and turned into a movie? Like, do you have stuff ready to go for that? Yes, we have a budget. We even had our funding, and then the guy that was at the the head of the funding and I we had a. Uh, a difference of opinion. <laughs> and so he's, he's not with the company anymore. So I'm looking for funding again, but yes, everything is packaged and ready to go. We even have a uh, trailer for Science Song. Mm, oh, wow. Nice. Uh, so, George, Lara, go ahead. All right. Lara wants to know so, how does that process work? Do you all get into a room and each character talk about what's coming up next regarding, I'm assuming, gun smoke when you're talking about? Each person had kind of their own writer. Yeah, well, there's a lead writer, and he'll give you the scenario, and you just flesh it out. I mean, you know where the beginning and the end is, and then what you have to do is build the road to get there. Very cool. Sorry, so go George, ahead. Um, a lot of authors don't. Under, uh, okay, so if authors who want, who think they have a good idea, either book or you know, for an uh, idea for a movie. I know there's a huge difference between writing a book and screenwriting. Can you kind of give a short synopsis of the main, of what it takes, the differences between a book and a screenplay and screenwriting? Writing a book can be fascinating and exciting and it will take you away. Writing a screenplay is as boring as watching your car rust. <laughs> How do you boil down a single book though into a screenplay? Because I know you got to cut a lot of it out. Yes, you do. The average screenplay is only going to be about 125 pages, and you may have to boil that down from a book that's a couple hundred pages. So you have to make decisions on which scene is valid and which scene is not. But the problem with screenplays is that. What you do at the beginning of the scene is a lot put like where it's day or night, interior or exterior location, like a schoolroom, and then you describe what your person is doing and you write the dialogue. And that's repetitive over and over and over. Whereas when you're writing a book, and I know you've heard many authors say the same thing, you reach a certain point with your characters where they take off on their own and, and all you can do is chronicle what they're doing. Pretty much. And I've had that happen more than once. Uh, in Two Faces of the Jaguar, in fact, the whole series, my favorite character is one I never intended to write. I mean, he just came out of the blue. Uh, his name is DDA and he built a, a, a hotel in the middle of the jungle. I'm talking about the deepest part of the Mosquito jungle. And yet he is a Gentleman has a good heart, and uh, you'd have to you'd have to read about him to really understand who who he is. But that's a good reason to read the book. It's just DDA. Gotcha. Well, I've I've got them, and so I will be reading them. <clears throat> um, you say you have Siren Song one is out, Siren Song two is out, and then you have the Siren Hunter that just came out. Correct. It just launched uh, on, on Valentine's Day, actually. <laughs> okay, so the Siren Hunter, <laughs> a hunter launched on Valentine's Day. That's ironic. I like that. 
<laughs> the siren killer is, is you know is, is a valentine prison so yeah uh that all of that takes place in, in belize and it leans heavily on mythology if you remember in greek mythology there were three sirens who lived on off the coast of italy on an island called Antimessa. And, and the legend was that they sang so sweetly that sailors and passing ships crashed their ships on the reef just so that they could hear the, the sirens sing. Uh, Nancy says, I'm enjoying this interview. Hi, George, and thank you, Book World, for interviewing George about his books. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So what would you classify as far as genre for your books? If you had to like narrow it down. The Jaguar series would be adventure romance. Romance, adventure, whatever. Uh, the Siren Song series, not so much. I would have to say it is a, an undersea adventure because there's a lot of scuba diving scenes in it. A little and, bit of fantasy with the sirens. Yeah. And the thing with the sirens, of course, is, is mythological. Mm -hmm. and uh, and Maris is the main character and she's mythological and so yeah I would I would just have to call it an undersea adventure very cool well I can't wait to dive into them so what's next Much romance in that one. so what's next for you I am in the process right now of writing a book called Paradise by Prison uh it's about a guy who wakes up on an island that has no earthly idea where he is and doesn't know how he got there. Interesting concept. He has no memory. I mean, has nothing in his pockets except a champagne cork. And as his memory begins to return to him, it builds his character, you know, learn more about him. And uh, he's a person that is mixed between good and bad is actually, I think most all of us are to some degree. Some of us lean more toward good, some of us lean more toward bad, but there, there's both elements in everybody. And then at the end of the book, you find out how he got there and it will give you the willies. I'm saving that one because, yeah. And it's a, it's a little bit of a difficult book to write because it's a first person narrative and trying to keep it interesting is is a little bit of a challenge. I've gone through it two times. I'm into the third time now, and I'm making additions and you know taking some stuff out. And, yeah, but it, it's it's fun. I agree it's with fun. Zombie. She says interesting. Now I want to know mm -hmm. more. I agree. I want to know how did he get there. <laughs> Will this be a well, series as well or a standalone novel? Believe me when I tell you this, CJ, whenever you find out how he got there, you're not going to be able to sleep at night. Great. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm already in the middle of nowhere. Great. That that should just well. Well. Yeah. well. <laughs> so is this a standalone novel, George, or are you planning on making a series out of it as well? Right now, I think it's a standalone. As a matter of fact, I don't know how it could possibly be anything else. And that, too, has to do with the ending. Okay. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to come up with another idea for something to write because I do have ideas. Interesting. So mommy yeah. says, oh boy. <laughs> so if you have, we have, we have about 10 minutes left. Um, 
if you had to give like one golden nugget as far as somebody who wants to, we'll start with the producing part and the directing part. If you wanted to give somebody advice on how to get into that, what would it be? <clears throat> Don't. Uh, being a, getting into the producing business means putting together an army because you have to have actors, you have to have camera people, you have to have lighting people, audio people, makeup people. The list can grow up to as much as two or 300 people Goodness. for a movie set. And it, it's not really a whole lot of fun, to be honest with you. I've done it, and, and you have to really be driven to do it. And your main motive turns out to be money. And I'm, I'm a person who isn't money-driven that much. i got to make a living, of course. But I've seen people who would abandon love, you know, and relationships and everything because of money. That ain't me. Uh, but, it's, but it's the writing that I enjoy, not the producing. Mm -hmm. If you produce, <clears throat> you have to put together this giant package. You have to get a find out how much it's going to cost to make the movie. That that doing that budget costs any I mean ranges anywhere from two to three months. That you got a, a whole bunch of people sitting around a table doing research. Uh, because even to have one seemingly innocent scene on on camera involves a bunch of people. Even if it's only two people that are on camera. Let's say you have two people walking off into the sunset. You know, that's a you gotta pick a location and so for that you got with location manager and then you're, you're casting and then your characters and the lighting is gonna be, be crucial. And then after you've got everything in a can, uh, you have to to get it edited made into a movie because when you shoot on location, that's not your movie. Mm -hmm. That's the raw materials for your movie. And then you have to take it into a studio and you have to do things like like edit your scenes together and add music and special effects. And in the siren song, we're going to have a lot of special effects because Marius morphs into a monster and bites people's faces off. That's somebody you want to meet on blind date. No, <laughs> not particularly. So, but writing is 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 my love. Mm -hmm. I like to do that. But you can do that many hours a day as you want to. If you want to write five minutes, do it. If you want to write ten hours, you can do it. And uh, it comes from the heart. Mm -hmm. So, are you a uh, are you someone, George? When you write, are you kind of stealing CJ's thunder here? Are you a are you a planner? You have it all thought out ahead of time? Or are you a pantser where you just go where the movement takes you? I go where the characters take me. Yeah. I, I will have a, I'll set up a scenario of who a particular person is. If he's an office worker, that's one thing. If he's Brandon Shaw, who his realm is the jungle, then you have to, to build that scenario. And then after that, you open the cage door and let them out. So would you say that you have a general idea on the ending of your story, how you want it to start and end? Yeah, I always have an ending, but, but 
strangely enough, my ending has gotten changed a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, I never know how mine are going to end. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't do that. <laughs> no, I, I don't even. I don't even know who the characters are half the time. Like, I know who my main is, and yeah. I have a general idea of how I want that character to go. But nine out of ten times, I, it just goes and does it something. I know that this is hard for people who don't write to understand, but your characters take on their own life. They come off of those pages and they go where the hell they want to go. Oh, they wake you up. And they, they're not going to ask your permission to do it. She just knows someone's going to die. Yes, there is. Someone's going to die in my books. I'm known as a literary assassin. I just know someone's going to die. I don't always know who. Sometimes I do. I started changing yeah. with a death. So. In my books, there's a lot of people that die. Mm -hmm. yeah. But they're all bad guys. Okay. So how long does it generally take you, George, to write a book from start to finish? I would say three months, and now it's going to take a little bit longer because I've gotten better at it. You're, the more you do one thing, you're supposed to get better, right? Mm -hmm. So whenever I started writing books, I wrote it. I would go back through it one time and check it for a lot of different things. And then I would send it into my publisher. And I don't self-publish. I've got a real good publisher. Uh, she, she lives in Minnesota. Her name is Nancy Schumacher. She's the head of Melange Books. And I love her to death. I wish she was my sister. Uh, we get along great. So there's your plug, Nancy. She's watching, so they already commented, so. <laughs> uh, but uh, but this book that I'm working on now, and, and I think this is probably my secret that I would pass along to a, an author, and that is whenever you write a book, go back through that book at least three times, mm -hmm. making spelling corrections, changing sentences, taking parts out, putting parts in. Don't leave it alone with the first draft. Don't leave it alone with the first draft. Let me say that again. Don't leave it alone with the first draft. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, for me, basically what I tell people is the first draft is getting the sand in the sandbox to build the castle. I like that. And each time you go through, you're adding details. Like first, you're putting like the main parts of the castle there. That's your second one through. Your third is you're putting maybe like the little currents and the little dips and the little windows and then one more time for good measure to make sure that that door is there and if you want to stick any people in there and that the moat is there then you can send it along and then you got to go through it again when it comes back couldn't have said it better exactly exactly so do you have other people i know your publisher obviously but do you have other people that you have look at your work to offer any kind of perspective or critique yeah, I, have a, I have a couple of, of uh, beta writers, or beta readers, whatever you call them. Mm -hmm. One of them is a writer by the name of uh, Becca Jones. She's a good friend, and, and she has her own books, several of them published. Uh, she's one of my beta readers, and uh, I have one other person that sometimes does it. And then there's my, my wife. Now, my wife is my, my final editor. And that's a perfect thing to do in this respect. And that is she, like any other wife, loves to tell 
a man what he's done wrong. <laughs> not true. Not all women are like that. <laughs> Constructive. She goes through that book word by word, man. She, she finds anything. Oh, here's a period that needs to be. Mine's actually the opposite. Trevor does that for me. Um, one of our read-throughs is I usually have it bumped up, magnified to 240. And I verbally read it aloud as he follows along to make sure that everything is the way that I'm saying it. And he will tell me if something's not right. Yeah. Or if it's too slow here, or you need to pick it up here. I will, I will say this. It's, it's important to have beta readers. Yeah. Because he's just like, hey, what about this twist? And he came up with probably the meanest twist that I've come up with. <laughs> so... He's, he's got some things in his back pocket. Uh, Nancy says, thank you, George, for the, the shout out. And also says, CJ, good advice on the sand in the sandbox. I'm beginning to writing a book. Um, well, we're running out of time. But George, thank you so much. You've been a true pleasure to talk to. Thank you. Coming out. Appreciate your time. Um, so we're not going to have Book World next Wednesday, March 8th, because I'm getting ready for Comic Conroe. And Mike is going to his basketball tournament. However, on the 15th of March, we'll return with Kevin Pettyway, who his genre is sword and sorcery. So super excited. And then the 22nd is a book review. And the 29th is difference regarding story links. Some people don't really realize, you know, what the difference is and what they all mean. So we'll talk about that. So same time you found us, same place you found us today. Same time you found us today. Um, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye. Bye. -bye.